Welcome to Monday through Friday, Cellular Agriculture for a Pandemic-Free Future. My name is George Ortega, and this is episode number 56. I'm recording it on Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020 at 5.40 p.m. Eastern Time. And I'm going to try to shift back from, you know, these dire warnings, uh, very realistic, but, you know, very kind of severe warnings about what to expect if we do nothing, if we just like, you know, come out of this pandemic thinking that we're going to be lucky and avoid uh, another one. Um, I'm going to focus today, I've, I've done other episodes on this, on a positive note, what we can expect as we move as we do what we should be doing um, about this pandemic. Um, before that, I just want to, well, yeah, I just um, want to highlight, I mean, I, I just went through, um, I did a search for how much we've spent so far on this COVID-19. And according to the Washington Post, an article in April, as of April, uh, we had spent $6 trillion already. Okay. Um, you know, I had mentioned a congressional budget budget report in May that predicted we were on our way to spending eight trillion dollars, but that was before the um, the surge of June and July, and that was before we kind of understood that no, this wasn't going to go away before the summer. So, you know, probably more reasonable es estimate is that this. It's probably costing us 10 trillion, perhaps more. Um, and so the, the message of this, you know, just before I go through what um, the kind of world we can create by doing this, the message is that, um, that basically we have a way of preventing future pandemics. You know, it's called cellular agriculture. It's, you know, in the title of the show, and it's simply closing down factory farming you know, forget about the morality, but just look at the practical scientific aspects of it. Farming animals, especially factory farming, puts us at a, um, a very unacceptable level of risk for future pandemics. So, um, so, you know, I've been advocating, basically, you know, I gotta go through this, all right. So like this new industry, cellular agriculture, it's called clean meat, cultured meat, lab-grown meat, cell-based meat, it's got different names. It um, emerged in 2013, the first proof of concept, Mark Post, a researcher from the Netherlands, premiered the first hamburger patty, you know, made through this process that it involves growing cells outside of the animal. So not, animals are not hurt in this. You know, I think it's a major plus. And since then, there's about 40 to 50 startups that are racing to get these products on the market. But when I say racing, that's probably not the right word because um, there's about $1.5 billion invested in this new industry. And at this level of investment, this rate of progress that this investment allows for, you know, industry insiders um, predict that it'll probably be 10 years or longer before these super these um products are in supermarkets and restaurants you know at affordable prices because there there are research challenges that need to be met before this can happen 
So the, uh, the message of this series, again, 56 episodes so far, is that um, if we ramp up investment, if we invest, let's say, $50 billion, not in 10 years, not over 10 years, but starting in March, you know, as soon as Biden is, is the president, you know, just in 2021, just pump $50 billion into this industry, it is very reasonable to expect that we can have these products in supermarkets in two or three years. Um, so for, for those of us who might be thinking, well, that's such a huge expense, you know, consider that it is, if, if we end up spending $8 trillion on this pandemic, and again, it seems like we will be spending more, um, that will amount to one half of 1% of that amount. So it's like, you know, it's, it's essentially nothing. You know, um, the average homeowner spends about four and a half percent of the price of their home on homeowner's insurance over the course of 10 years for, for a, a risk that almost never happens. People very rarely lose their houses to, to fires and floods and, and things like that. So, all right, so that's the premise. Now, what I want to like key you in on is that um, this, this might be, this entire crisis might be a blessing in disguise because like what's looming ahead of us, well, this doesn't sound like a very positive episode. Yes, I, I, yet I will turn it around. I will, you know, yeah, I have to turn around. So. Um, basically, but what's looming ahead of us is climate change. And for example, there's been some news stories over the last several weeks that um, part of the Arctic that wasn't supposed to melt for decades is beginning to melt or it's substantially melting. And this, this shelf, you know, this shelf of the Arctic, if it breaks off and then it starts floating into the ocean and then melts very rapidly, we can expect a 10 foot increase in sea and sea level. And the, the problem with that, aside from everything else that the climate change um, threatens us with, you know, because the, the, the threats are like, you know, you know I got hotter, hotter, hotter droughts, you know, floods, hurricanes, I mean, like, you, you name it. But just, just the sea level rise alone, you would think 10 feet, you know, actually, if it, if it increased a half of a foot, that's major. That is major. That's kind of like, you know, like if, if, our, if our global climate temperature increases by one degree Celsius, that's major, you know, two, two degrees Celsius game over, you know, so, um, so, and so like the problem with climate change and just, just considering this, um, this rise in sea level is that about 80% of civilization are, are our cities, our population, our human, human population is concentrated on the shores of our continents. And that makes sense because, you know, that's where the ports are, that's where the shipping is, you know, that's where, you know, countries develop their commerce. So, so imagine, you know, a 10 foot rise means, you know, game over for, for that, you know, all those cities. We're, we're gonna have to like just rebuild everything and, and imagine the cost of that. And this may be in several decades. And, you know, it was predicted to happen in perhaps 50 to 100 years. It may come sooner. So, all right, now that you know the, um, 
what we need to do and what's at stake, I want you to imagine. Imagine the, the extent of cooperation that it will take to end the farming of animals on this planet. You know, it's, it's, it's like with climate change, it's not something that, that we can do in other countries, you know, don't have to, or that, you know, we don't have to, and other countries can, and, and it'll be fixed. You know, this is a kind of problem. If, 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 if one country is, is, is farming animals, that puts the entire world at risk for future pandemics. So, so basically we have to like end the farming of animals, not just factory farms, but you know, smaller farms also everywhere in the world. So think about it, think about it. Im imagine, you know, our politicians finally get this, finally appreciate, you know, that it's just not worth the risk to, um, to both live through an era of, fear of the next pandemic and you know god forbid go through another one that, that could be 10 20 30 times worse than this one um so so yeah i want you to imagine the level of cooperation right now countries are competing with each other economically you know for resources and you know, we, we have a relatively peaceful world. It, you know, it's actually a more peaceful world than we've ever had, you know, most parts of the world. And we have a lot to lose. You know, we've really created a wonderful world in many ways. So, so basically what this means is like, we will have to summon up the will, the morality, the, the, the wisdom, you know, the prudence to, to, to bring the countries together. And this is actually what the United Nations was intended to do after World War II. You know, uh, the United Nations has never been given the power it's needed to, to do the, the good it could do, but, but at least now it exists as the infrastructure, the institution that can facilitate this global cooperation. And that's not, that's not the only institution. There are other international institutions that, that you know, can cooperate. Even the countries themselves, you know, have the, um, the organizational um, apparatus to, to, you know, to make this possible. So, so imagine, imagine our world, um, you know, after this, you know, election and this, you know, I mean, we're still going to be in the, in the distancing, you know, physical distancing next year. You know, who knows how long we'll be wearing masks. Maybe, maybe we'll stop wearing masks in 2022. I don't know. But, but imagine, you know, with, with, with a leader, with a president, Biden, who, who, who really, you know, I don't think he cares enough, but he cares a lot more about our country, the world, than, than Trump, a lot more. You know, so we have him in, in power. And all of a sudden, you know, good things are beginning to happen. Remember that the, one of the reasons we're in this is because Trump still hasn't addressed this. He's still denying the seriousness of this. He's still not doing what he needs to do to make sure there's enough masks and testing. You know, so the, the man is evil beyond description. So we don't have him to deal with, you know, after um, January 20th, 2021. And, and we can face this, um, this crisis 
you know, this, this, the crisis being our future, you know, the, the future of the planet, you know, again, with, with, with the risk of future pandemics and climate change, we can face this with a reasonable chance of doing at least the best we can, you know, to, to try to um, contain it. And actually with, with climate change, it's a bit more iffy, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how much we can do. Uh, although that, that again is as a business as usual scenario understanding. I mean, if, 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 if we're doing, you know, in 10, 20 years, as little as we're doing now, yeah, it's pretty hopeless. But if we just change our ways, then, then perhaps, perhaps we really can overcome climate change also, these really dire effects. Um, and so that's the value of undertaking this, um, this historic, the, this, the first ever global initiative, you know, to, to do something so grand, to, to, to end a, an industry that's worth $1.3 trillion and replace it with another one that will keep us safe from pandemics. You know, the, the closest maybe we come to this is perhaps the, uh, the Manhattan Project. It, um, it, it was like the United States alone, just like racing to, to develop um, a nuclear, um, nuclear weapons, a nuclear bomb. And I think we employed, if I'm not mistaken about, no, I, I, I may get it wrong. I mean, it's either a, a, over a thousand, it could be over a hundred thousand, I don't remember. But um, so again, think of, think of um, what, will th what this will entail. Uh, one of the problems we've been ignoring for decades is extreme poverty, which affects mainly Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, some parts of South America and some parts of Asia. And um, now the wonderful thing about this project to make us pandemic risk-free, I mean, transitioning from the farming of animals to the cellular agriculture will make us about 99 plus percent free of, of the risk of future pandemics. So um, in order to do that, again, we, we have to ensure that there's no farming anywhere, you know, of animals. And naturally, because some of these poor countries um, in Africa don't have the funds to, um, to launch this new industry, we'll need to help them. And by that, perhaps we can help them so much that they can feed their populations properly. So their, you know, their children aren't dying at a rate of about almost 10 million a year from, from largely poverty-related causes, you know, malnutrition, lack of, um, lack of clean water, lack of proper medicine. You know, we can, you know, by, by helping them develop their economy so they're, they're eating meat and fish and dairy, you know, they're, they're eating nutrition, nutritious meals, um, we can help them hopefully um, rise up out of poverty. So, it's, so we're doing two wonderful things at once. And, um, and we're also, again, the, the, this is what the world, what we need to show us that, um, that we have what it takes to, to tackle climate change. Up until now, you know, nobody's really been serious. Um, 
you know, the Democrats talk a good game, but I'm sorry, you know, Obama was in there eight years. Uh, he pretty much, you know, he focused on health care, which is great, but, but you know, you know. Um, so this, this, this hopefully can give us the, um, the will, you know, can, 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 can inform us that, that we have what it takes to tackle climate change. And that's a major, major achievement. You know, so, so, you know, to turn this whole era around, this era of distancing, this crisis, you know, it could be, you know, because like, we never know sometimes whether something's for the best or not, whether it's in our interest or not. We're only ever guessing. And like, so this, yes, this is, you know, killing a lot of people. It's destroying a lot of businesses. It's, again, it's costing the United States alone. It's going to be over $8 trillion. But the good that can come out of this might make that expense and, you know, the, um, the loss, you know, like a silver lining to a cloud. I mean, like, you know, for example, we lost so many people after World War II, but we created a better world. You know, the, the depression was really hard on people, but we created a better world after that, the New Deal. Um, so yes, you know, not to minimize the loss that we're experiencing, we'll continue to experience, but by learning from this, by, by, by not maintaining our denial of, of what causes pandemics and our role in this, by, by, by summoning the will to do what it takes and involve the whole world and, and, and just put together this coalition of countries, every country, to, to address this, we will be creating perhaps a much better world than, let's say, five, 10 years from now than would have existed otherwise. That maybe in the long run, we'll, be, we'll end up saving many more lives because of this, you know, because this awoke um, our conscience, it, it, it awoken us to, awoken us? It, 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 it basically just showed us that we have been um, immoral and irresponsible and cruel, my God. I mean, the way we treat these animals, I haven't even got into, got into this that much this episode. Yesterday's episode, I did a lot. But the, the way we treat these animals, you know, and, and you know, like the, uh, the Vatican just, you know, I just read, they came out strongly against euthanasia. That's where, where somebody's like 80, 90 years old. They're just slowly dying in a lot of pain. The Vatican doesn't want, you know, mercy killing. They, they want those people to stay alive, you know, and suffer, you know, however long. Yet they won't come out against factory farming. They won't come out against the farming of animals. They, you know, they're, they're silent against this, you know, what we need to do about this pandemic. So, you know, we, we actually, you know, that, that really points to, we need a, a, a religious reformation also, a global religious reformation, because, you know, Google it. You know, the clerics, clerics are not talking about this. Clerics are not saying anything. They're beholden to their congregations. You know, they, um, you know, they're, they're, they're as basically beholden to their congregations as politicians are to their voters and, and especially to corporations. And that needs to change because if, 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 if the media and the media doesn't care, I mean, like, you know, the New York Times, Washington Post, 
they could have been running a series of stories, uh, stories, you know, what do we do to prevent, you know, future pandemics? Look it up, Google it, you won't find anything, very little, because they're not doing it, because they don't care, they're businesses, you know, or they don't want to upset the status quo. So if the media, which is supposed to be the watchdog of our, um, our politics, our governments, are not doing anything, if the media is not doing anything, if, if, if our politicians aren't doing anything, you know, it pretty much is up to the clerics, you know, um, ministers, priests, rabbis, you know, all denominations, all religions, because, uh, you know, they're supposed to be our, our closest to our moral compass. They're supposed to really, you know, basically, it's the institute, the world institution that is most connected with, with guiding us to, um, to teaching us about morality. I mean, we have the criminal justice system, but you know, they, you know, their, their approach is like, you know, there's no carrot and stick for them. They just like, you do something wrong, you know, you get imprisoned and, uh, you know, or whatever. I mean, it's, it's just about punishment for them. So, um, so yeah, I, it may be the clerics are, um, they need to step up to the plate, you know, and, 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 and take on the Vatican. You know, you're talking about like, you know, uh, perpetuating the, uh, the suffering of, let's say, 80, 90-year-olds who have no chance of recovery, who probably would prefer the blessing of death, you know, because death, I mean, you go back to God, presumably under Christianity, under Judaism. It's not like it's against their theology to expect that they will enter into a better existence after death. Uh, for the Vatican to, 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 to come out in favor of just like, you know, oh, let them suffer, you know, because, because, it's, because it's wrong to, to take the life of, of someone, you know. Well, you know, if, if they care so much about life, let them, let them you know, come out in, in favor of ending the farming of animals that, that, that results in the torture of, of 70 billion, you know, farm animals every year. Um, yeah, we're, you know, <laughs> this is supposed to be a very optimistic, what can I tell you? These are like challenging times. And, and, and it is, you know, again, I want to hold out this message. Let me try again. Yes, this, this, this is an opportunity to get something right, you know, to, 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 to stop being in denial. For God's sakes, people like, you know, what are you paying attention to? What are you thinking? You're really trusting our politicians, you know, that they've got a handle on this? You know, read, look up, you know, what are we doing to the prevent the next pandemic? That's all you have to do. Google that. You know, uh, you'll find that there's very little on that, you know. Um, so we need to change. And, and again, if we change, we'll create a much, much better world for our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. If we don't, well, you know, it's a living hell for them. You know, that, that's what climate change promises, you know, um, between the sea level rise and, and the, for example, like some West Nile virus. Okay, West Nile virus, I think it, it um, emanates from, from mosquitoes that, you know, originated in the tropics where it's really hot. Well, guess what? Here in Westchester, in New York State, we have some cases of West Nile virus. Why is that? Because climate change is making the climate warmer. And so these mosquitoes are migrating, you know, way beyond the, the, uh, the West Nile, apparently, you know, where, where, they, um, where they originated. And uh, all right, so again, like, you know, 
and and let's uh let's have people politicians you know even the pundits you know like let, let's have people talk about you know to inspire people to to care about this to to demand of our leaders that, that we, we take action that you know demand they protect us from future pandemics i mean how many people really want to go through another one of these you know it's got to be very few you know i mean businesses you know ordinarily businesses could care less about the, the environment you know what trump is, has been doing to, to environmental regulations over over the last three four years you know biden and, and the democrats will have to undo you know the sooner the better but you know corporations generally are, are you know it doesn't affect them you know climate change isn't affecting the bottom line today that's no longer true that's no longer true you know like um so many lord and taylor a, a, a chain that's been in existence for 200 years is out of business you know sizzler another chain just filed for bankruptcy there's you know and we're just we're not even halfway through this you know and and they're they're, they're you know before the summer surge they were wondering well you know is what the fed has done is what our stimulus packages have done enough to revive our economy and they were thinking well yeah if we're lucky if, if we if we have a good summer and a good fall then perhaps well you know it's now fall and you know it's our understanding no no we're, we're, we're just waiting for this next wave we're waiting for what you know doctors predict will be an apocalyptic fall you know and you know i'm not sure it's going to be all that bad i hope it's not but even if it stays at the level that it is now if, even if it doesn't get any worse that's that's not good for our economy and that's not good for business so like this is a, a crisis where <laughs> Yeah, business can no longer be indifferent like they are to climate change, to the environment. And, you know, I mean, ideally, let's get money out of politics. That's, that's the, uh, you know, you talk about the root cause of all this stuff. If, if there wasn't any money in politics, we would have listened to our scientists decades ago warning us about this. We would have taken the, the proper measures, whether it would have been universal vaccines or transitioning you know, away from farming animals, whatever would have, you know, we would have done that. But to, as, as long as, you know, we allow these corporations to spend as much as they have, as much as they want to buy our politicians, you know, we're screwed, our, our, our children are screwed and, and future generations are screwed, you know. And it's, it's kind of an irony. We, we here in the United States care more about freedom, the freedom to like, you know, to, to spend money on our elections, the freedom to allow people to just do whatever they want, regardless of, of the consequences, regardless of the harm they do. We, we care more about that freedom than we do about ourselves and our children. And that, that needs to change. All right, <laughs> this was like a somewhat successful um, attempt to, um, to paint a positive, you know, to just like to highlight the, the better world we can have after this. I'll try again, hopefully, tomorrow. Um, thanks for watching. Catch this every Monday through Friday, 5 p.m., Channel 76. If you get Optimum 45, Verizon on White Plains Community Media. And um, episodes are also on YouTube in video. And if you have iTunes or Spotify, they're also available in audio versions. So, yeah, I, I think it's important for me to you know, especially this is a difficult time, this election season, it's important for me to just summon up whatever I need 
to just paint a more optimistic picture of what we can do rather than continuing to, to threaten us with what, what we're in for if we don't. All right, thanks for watching and God willing, I'll see you tomorrow.